Fun fact. Procrastination has nothing to do with being lazy or lack of self-control or bad time management skills. Let me say that again for the people in the back and myself, okay? Procrastination has nothing to do with being lazy or lack of self-control. Now, my mind is blown. Okay, straight up emoji with the brain blown off the smiley face because I didn't know that. And I think it's important that we all know that about procrastination. Welcome back to That Wasn't In My Textbook, the bi-weekly podcast that helps us uncover the things we always wish we learned from that boring, bulky textbook. I'm your host, Toya, and you're now listening to season four, episode five on putting shit off till tomorrow, exploring the history and the science behind procrastination. Today, we're talking about the P word, okay? That thing that we do that leads us to alphabetizing our spice drawer instead of doing that task. The thing that we do when we pick up our phone, right? Versus finishing that task that we had on our to-do list. And the thing that we do when we're avoiding opening that piece of mail, because we don't want to deal with that over there. This episode is about the P word, like I said before, procrastination. And as someone who suffers from procrastination and is currently trying to dig myself out of a deep, deep, dark, heavy case of procrastination for the last couple of weeks, I think I'm kind of an expert. (laughs) Okay, maybe not. It doesn't take being a master procrastinator to be a master expert in the field. I don't think that's how it works. Either way, I am so excited to take a deep dive into this topic together to figure out the science behind procrastination because we all procrastinate, right? which is normal and fine. We all do it or have done it, okay? And if you've never procrastinated, you need to like DM me or email me or something and let me know your secret, all right? I mean, why do you think the latest episode for the podcast was released on February 1st? Procrastination. And, you know, research and history shows that procrastination has been around for a long, long time. People have been struggling with avoiding getting things done since ancient times. Okay. I am sure there were some hunters and gatherers who waited until the very last minute to prep for winter. Okay. Research has uncovered ancient poems that warned, and I quote, not to put your work off till tomorrow and the day after, end quote. And that was written in 800 BC, which was before Christ, which, you know, was a long as time ago. I imagine in ancient Africa and beyond, tribes procrastinated. They have procrastinating ass members of their community. Ancient African kids were putting off their hieroglyphic writing assignments to go hang with the homies or wrestle with the homies, whatever they were doing back then, right? You feel me? Look, for all we know, some dinosaurs, they saw that meteorite coming, (laughs) all right? And they went back to their game of Terexcellent or whatever they play. Who knows? All I'm saying, I'm saying all this to say that procrastination has been here for a long time before you and me, believe it or not. 
It was here before the internet, before the Instagram and the AIM and the Twitter and the MySpace and the distraction of the internet. Procrastination was here. I'm sure the creation of the internet made procrastination increase, but it was here before all that. Okay. Now, before we get into the nitty gritty of the science of why we procrastinate, so then we can figure out how to stop. Let's get clear on what procrastination means because it's not about laziness or self-control as I pointed out before. And if you haven't noticed, today's procrastination episode is a solo episode with me, your host, and it's super, super fun and shorter than the guest episodes as normal. So as usual, we always like to start with definition so we can understand things. Then we'll get into the science in this episode. And then I'm going to give you the six procrastination types according to research. And you can figure out what procrastination type fits you. And you can have more than one type. And then we'll wrap it up in a pretty bow so we can have some tips on how to fight procrastination. All right. So when we look at the root of the word procrastination, it is derived from the Latin word procrastinare, which means to put off until tomorrow. But it's more than just a voluntary delay. Procrastination, that is. Procrastination is also derived from the ancient Greek word arixa, which is spelled A-K-R-A. S-I-A, no, I probably didn't say that right. But anyway, that Greek word, which is what is a part of procrastination, means doing something against our better judgment. Mm. Okay, this is all starting to make sense. So procrastination, according to research and the root and the definition of the words, is kind of like a form of self-harm. We're self-aware. The self-awareness is the key part of why procrastination makes us feel so bad. When we procrastinate, we mostly are aware that we're avoiding a task, right? We do know that. But we also know that by avoiding the task, it's probably a bad idea. Yet, we do it anyway. And this, my friends is what makes procrastination so fucked up and irrational. Because we all know that when we wait until April 14th to start getting our papers together for that April 15th, sometimes 18th tax deadline, that is going to be stressful and harmful to ourselves. But we do it anyway. Like it doesn't make any sense to do something or to avoid doing something that you know is going to have negative consequences. But... That's how procrastination works. According to research and science, we procrastinate not because we want to harm ourselves, but because we can't manage the negative moods around a task. So we procrastinate because of a negative feeling we get around a task, or at least our inability to manage that negative feeling. Something about the activity that brings up negative feelings, stress, boredom, or any of those feelings makes our mind be like, let's stop this feeling. And by stopping this feeling, it's more important than the task at hand. And it's more important than the consequences of not doing the task at hand. Now, this is where you ask me, hold up Toya, we procrastinate because of bad moods. And then this is when I say in short, according to research, yep, 
You see, procrastination isn't about being lazy or bad time management, but it's the way we cope with challenging emotions or negative moods induced by the task. Those negative moods and emotions could be boredom, anxiety, insecurity, frustration, resentment, self-doubt, and the list goes on and on and on. So yeah, avoiding paying that bill, you know it's bad to avoid it and you're going to have to pay late fees and yada, yada, yada. But when you see that bill, your brain is like, nah, I'm good. Let's watch Netflix instead of dealing with the negative emotions that looking at the bill and paying the bill is going to bring up for us. In doing this research, I was able to see, okay, I've been procrastinating on my podcast because I don't like dealing with some of the negative feelings I've been having around it. One of those negative feelings is self-doubt. Like, is this good? Am I a good historian, right? Um, Maybe I'm not because this podcaster over here is doing this and they're getting this opportunity, right? So self-doubt has been probably at the root, that negative emotion that's causing me to procrastinate around my podcast. Another negative feeling I've been feeling that's been causing me to procrastinate is overwhelm. I have a full-time job. I have hobbies. I have friendships. I'm a puppy mom. I want to be snatched. So I'm trying to work out three days a week. I want to be a good partner. Plus my editor recently quit. So I'm overwhelmed by all the tasks and being a one woman show. And so when it comes to sitting down and doing this podcast, I avoid it because that self-doubt and that overwhelm pop back in. You get what I'm saying? So I'll just leave you with those two negative emotions that I'm dealing with that's leading to my procrastination. Now there's more, of course, but y'all need to hear all my business. You know, I have a therapist for that. Just know that procrastination is an emotion regulation problem, not a time management or laziness thing. A 2013 study at the University of Sheffield found that procrastination is about being more focused on that quick fix, that immediate thing that manages your negative mood over tackling the task. What's even more crazier, is crazier a word? I think so. What's even more crazy about procrastination is that when we do it, we're trying to make ourselves feel better by avoiding something that doesn't make us feel good. But after we avoid it, According to science, we actually feel worse. Science call this feeling a procrastinatory cognition, what I call the procrastination hangover, which is the increased self-blame, stress, low self-esteem thoughts, and all that other stuff that we tend to have after we procrastinate. Y'all, procrastination is a bitch, okay? And even our brains are in on it. Up in our thick ass skulls is this part of our brain known as the threat detector. The scientific name for it is amygdala, A-M-Y-G-D-A-L-A. When faced with a task that makes us feel anxious or insecure, the amygdala, aka the threat detector part of our brain, perceives that task as a real life threat. Okay, a real life threat, y'all. It could be to our self-esteem or our well-being. Even if we intellectually recognize that putting off the task will create more stress for ourselves in the future, our brains are wired to be more concerned with removing the threat immediately. Okay, so your brain is in on it, everybody. And the brain, you know, the brain is big, it's strong. (laughs) 
Now, up until this point, we've talked about procrastination tied to negative emotions, right? Of overwhelm, of stress, of anxiety. But there's another emotion that we haven't really discussed that researchers call the low frustration tolerance, which is pretty much boredom. Sometimes we procrastinate because we're bored or because we feel like a task is beneath us. But we'll get into the nitty gritty of all this when we jump into the procrastination types. But let's just do a little quick overview, okay? Procrastination is really our brains trying to protect us from the negative feelings we get around a task, right? By making us do some other distracting thing that makes us feel good. So if we feel negatively about... I don't know, sitting down and writing a paper, our brain perceives that as a threat, the writing the paper task, like, oh no, we can't do this. This is a threat. Let's go watch some Netflix. Crazy, right? We also understand now that procrastination, right, is an emotional regulation thing that's connected to our brains. And so it has nothing to do with being lazy or having bad time management or having no self-control. Those are not connected to procrastination. Now that we understand, we've mastered those two things, right? We understand why we procrastinate scientifically, right? Emotionally. Now we can get into the six types of procrastinators that exist. So you can identify which ones you might be doing at some point in your life or currently, and then you'll get some tips. I'm going to provide some tips based on the type, what things you can do to kind of get you out of that procrastination. Now, a little disclaimer before we get into these types, they are not to be confused with personality types. Procrastination types and personality types are not the same. Procrastination types are based on the underlying beliefs which lead us to procrastinate. And depending on past experiences, childhood trauma, all of that, we all have the ability to procrastinate in different ways in different situations. So when you hear me listing these different types, a lot of them are going to resonate with you because maybe when it comes to work, you're one procrastination type. And maybe when it comes to relationships, you are a different procrastination type and so on and so forth. So you can be more than one. You can be a certain type in finances and a whole different type of procrastinator when it comes to work. So the six personality types were founded by researchers, Linda and Jack, shout out to them. And according to their research, the six different types of procrastinators are all motivated by a need to satisfy one of the six basic human needs, safety, variety, significance, love and connection, growth, and contribution. So now this is the part that you really want to pay attention to because I think it's so interesting to see what type of procrastinator you are in different areas of your life. So there are six procrastinator types, the worrier, the perfectionist, the overdoer, the drama, the rebel, and the dreamer. So the first three types of procrastinators we're going to talk about are avoiding doing a task or a behavior because they have some fear or anxiety around things, okay? So let's start with the warrior. The warrior doesn't start their important task because they don't believe they'll be able to do it. They believe they won't succeed. They usually carry a fear of failure, of judgment, and in some cases, a fear of success. So you shouldn't be surprised that 
the common trait of a worrier is imposter syndrome. You know, the problem with the logic of thinking that you shouldn't start a task because you're going to fail is that you are guaranteed to fail if you don't start, right? So the tip for the worrier is that you should take time to kind of look at your fears around whatever task you're scared of. You could start journaling to kind of write it out. Another thing a worrier might want to do is to incorporate some stress-reducing activities throughout their day, breath work, meditation, yoga, going for a walk, so they can kind of regulate the fear that they're having and go revisit the task. The second procrastinator type is the perfectionist. Similar to the worrier, the perfectionist doesn't start the task because of fear of failure. But for the perfectionist, failure means not doing the task perfectly, even though we all know perfection doesn't exist. The typical perfectionist belief might sound something like, if I don't do this task extremely well, then I'm a failure. A good example of this is people who take forever to start their business, right? They want to make sure their website's perfect, their copy's perfect, they're perfectly organized, their photo is perfect, you know? And we know perfection doesn't exist. It feels impossible for the perfectionist to complete tasks to their exact standards. The perfectionist procrastinator is trying to avoid being embarrassed or judged for in quote, subpar work, but we know it's not subpar, right? The tip for a perfectionist is that they need clear deadlines so they don't spend forever on a task, right? Making five different versions of a graphic or writing a sentence 10 different ways. I know I do that with Instagram captions sometimes. So I am a perfectionist procrastinator when it comes to that. So they need to kind of set some deadlines for them a little bit earlier and, Understand that perfection doesn't exist and that's okay. And the third type of procrastinator is the overdoer and they are motivated by anxiety a little bit. I mean, the name speaks for itself. The overdoer overcommits to doing too many damn things. Sometimes their to-do list be longer than a CVS receipt, okay? They don't know how to prioritize important tasks and therefore fail to get them done on time. The classic overdoer belief around procrastination is if I don't accomplish all of this, then I suck. The fear of not living up to their own impossible standards or their imagined impossible standards of others cause them to take on too much and not get anything done. The tip for the overdoer would be to acknowledge their limitations and try not to take on too many tasks. I think the perfect thing if you're feeling like an overdoer around a task is to do like your top three. And I know that's like a thing that someone coined where you make your to-do list and then you circle the top three things that you need to do for the day and that's it. Your day is oh so long, especially your work day, because you still got to eat, you still got to sleep, you still got to interact with people. So just figuring out what are the three, sometimes two things, depending on how long it takes that I need to do to feel accomplished today, because you can't get 12 things done in a day. It's just not, it's not a good thing to do. So those are the first three procrastination types, the warrior, the perfectionist, the overdoer, and those are really based around fear. So now the next three are based on what researchers call low frustration tolerance. 
And these procrastination types are centered around feelings of boredom, of feeling frustrated or angry. So that leads us to procrastination type number four. And that's the one that I call the drama. Researchers call it the crisis maker. The drama reminds me of that trending sound that's going around that's like, am I the drama? Is it me? Am I the drama? I don't think I'm the drama. Maybe I am. Am I the villain? I don't think I'm the villain. And my answer is, it seems like you are. The dramatic person thinks they're similar to a diamond and that they work better under pressure. So they leave things to the very, very last damn minute. Without this last damn minute procrastination, they believe they won't perform at their best, which is incorrect. Using a reasonable time frame will give better results, right? But in some sort of sick way, they enjoy the adrenaline rush of starting a task two hours before it's due because it seems kind of boring to them and they don't feel like they'll be able to do well if they have too much time. The tip for the dramatic folks, which is me as well, I definitely have been a dramatic procrastinator type, is to find ways to make the task more exciting, to stop using stress as a motivator. We need to identify healthier challenges and motivators for a task instead of stress. Maybe it's small deadlines. Maybe it's small rewards for getting one part of your bigger tasks done. Something that will help you have like a natural adrenaline rush to complete tasks earlier. Emphasis on earlier, okay? If you're feeling like you're the drama type in some area of your life, you need to stop chasing that adrenaline rush. And then number five on the list of procrastinator type is the rebel. The name pretty much gives it away. But imagine this. Your boss has given you a boring, whack-ass task, a task that you think is kind of stupid, right? Kind of dumb. And you're salty and you're resentful. So you put it off and you put it off and you, you keep putting it off. But what you're forgetting is that eventually you're going to have to do the cast because the person who gave it to you is your boss or some authoritative figure like the IRS. At the root of the rebel is often frustration anger, right? And underlying this anger is the belief that I shouldn't have to do this. Many tasks seem unfair and unnecessary. And so that causes that rebel procrastination to kick in. And we see this a lot in teenager behavior. The tip for rebel procrastination is to strive to act rather than react. Um, You know, you should reflect on ways to respond to a task before reacting or before avoiding them, maybe trying to figure out if someone else can help you with it or you can delegate it to someone else. But you also, sometimes you just have to do it, right? Sometimes we have tasks at work mostly or taxes, what I can think of. I don't know what else we have that we don't really enjoy doing, but you have to ask yourself whether the long-term regrets are worth the short-term pleasure of avoiding a task or choosing not to do a task every week until the deadline comes knocking at your door. The next and last procrastination type, numero six, is the dreamer. The dreamer procrastination type doesn't think they have to do work. They don't want to work hard. You know, they think that their dreams should just fall into their laps. Now, I don't 
about this one, the dreamer. I don't know if it applies to black folks because we have that whole work twice as hard to be twice as good burden ingrained in us. But according to science, there is this dreamer procrastination type. And maybe in a certain area of your life, maybe it's relationships, you feel like you shouldn't have to work for it. It should just come to you, right? So you procrastinate on cultivating the relationship or calling that person back in some way. And so the dreamer has a lot of grand ideas, but does very little about them. The thought of actually having to do work either bores them or frustrates them. So they think, I shouldn't have to do hard work to fulfill my dreams. Dreamers often underestimate how long things would take and often get bored, usually because they need variety, a little spice in their life, okay? And the tip to overcome the dreamer procrastination is to set small daily achievable goals and being realistic about how long it takes to complete a task. Like maybe it doesn't take you five minutes to do a graphic. I mean, yeah, you're great at graphics, but it might take you longer, right? The dreamer would probably benefit from an accountability partner to help them stick to the task, stick to the plan, right? To help their motivation continue on. So, You got them down now. Those are the six procrastinator types out there. Damn, when I started this episode, I really didn't think I would be snatching my own edges like this. I'm sorry if I snapped yours. That was not my intention. I just wanted to be informed. So let's go over it quickly. Again, the six procrastination types are the worrier, right? That's based in fear. They're worried they're going to fail. They're not going to be able to do it. Their fear of success, that's the worrier. Then we have number two, the perfectionist. They need it to be perfect. So since they don't feel like they can do it perfectly, they avoid it. They procrastinate. Third is the overdoer. They be having the to-do list longer than a CVS receipt. They overcommit and that causes them to procrastinate, right? And then we have the drama. Procrastination type number four. And with the drama, they think they're like a diamond. They wait until the very last minute to do tasks. They feel like that's when they perform their best. And that's just not true. I mean, time can help you. Okay. And then the fifth procrastination type is the rebel. And that is just that feeling of this is beneath me. This is a silly task. And so I'm going to wait, 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 wait until the very last minute to do it. And I've been there. Sometimes I feel that way about my work task. And then the last and final procrastinator type is the dreamer. They don't want to work hard. They have grand ideas. They have high expectations, but they don't want to work hard to do it. And they also, in some cases, they don't even realize how long it would take for them to do it. And they get bored in doing the task. And so that leads to procrastination. So those are your six. Again, number one, the worrier. Number two, perfectionist. Number three, the overdoer. Number four, the drama, aka the crisis maker. Number five, the rebel. And number six, the dreamer. Now, remember, you can be more than one of these types, right? You can be different types in different situations. This is not like personality types, which are set procrastination types are fluid. So you could be a dreamer in one area, a worrier in another, a perfectionist in another. So they should be resonating with a lot of you like they did with me. I know for sure that at work, I am 
a rebel procrastinator sometimes, aka I think some tasks are silly or boring, right? Like KPIs. Um, in the area of my podcast and content creation, there's a tie, there's a toss up between me being a perfectionist and a drama procrastinator. Like it needs to be perfect. Plus I convince myself that I perform better under pressure and that's probably not true. And in my everyday life, child, I am an overdoer. Okay, oftentimes I start my day with to-do lists that just go on and on and on, like 10 or 15 things on there. Of course, I'm not going to accomplish all those things, but I still put them on there. And then I'd be feeling all bad at the end of the day when I haven't gotten them all done, right? And so... I'm a combo. I would love to hear what procrastination types you feel like you are in different areas of your life. So if you're leaving a review or on social, please let me know. I would love to know which one you are. And that is the conclusion of this episode on putting it off till tomorrow, the science and history behind procrastination. I hope you enjoyed the episode. It shined a light not only on how procrastination works, like scientifically with our brain, with the threat detector and the emotional regulations, but also with the types. I found that so interesting. And ever since I did the research for this episode, every time I catch myself procrastinating or I hear someone telling me they're procrastinating, I start asking myself and them questions because I'm like, oh, what kind of procrastination type is this? What belief are you feeling that you're trying to avoid through procrastination? Like, I think I'm an expert now and I'm, I'm not, guys, I'm not. Um, but I think identifying, for me personally, identifying my procrastination type has helped me kind of move out of it in some situations, right? Because the first step is understanding yourself in life. That's what I think, you know? Now, if you enjoyed this episode, learn something new. If you like stuff like this, you know, you need to make sure you subscribe. And if you want to get early access like this and my personal insight to the articles and the stuff that complement this podcast, you should join my email list. And you can do that at thatwasn'tinmytextbook.com slash news. Again, join my email list to get all the insights over there. We key key. It's a little more intimate, but I give you the link to the podcast episode a little bit early and I give you some additional readings or things to watch that you might find interesting. And again, you can sign up at that wasn't in my textbook slash news, or you can click the link in the show notes to be a part of my newsletter. I would really, really, really appreciate it. Now, as usual, I encourage you to check out the show notes or head over to thatwasn'tinmytextbook.com to check out the website and the blog. Please make sure to leave a review if you haven't already. Share this episode with a friend or a friend or an IG. I would really, really appreciate it. And of course, follow That Wasn't In My Textbook all over the interwebs, you know? Thank you so much for joining me today and tuning into this episode. I enjoyed learning with you. Be sure to come back, not this week or next week, but the following week (laughs) where we will talk about a new topic. And until next time, remember, knowledge is power.